This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. gals non-binary pals welcome to bananas i'm sitting here in person yep with the with the handsome and successful i'll take it scotty landis how are you i'm good that is the one and only kurt brownoller my dude kurt i was thinking we should dedicate this to we haven't done dedication episodes in yeah. a while to uh bookstore and small bookshop owners and employees okay. all right i love that idea we, give it up uh, we love small books we love bookstores we you know we just live in a time where people aren't valuing books enough you know what is a real treat is um right here on glendale avenue mm-hmm. in atwater village in los angeles there's a used bookstore yep that i went into i've only been sadly only been in it once mm-hmm. and i was in it with uh with joe DeRosa, comedian funny man friend good friend and we were having dinner and I, we were like, let's go in the bookstore because he's also like a very media person. He does you know, collects like, a lot of media. Yeah. Yes, he does. So we walk into this bookstore, and uh, and I was like, uh, oh, have you ever read? Hold on. Um, Side story about Joe DeRosa. I did his podcast years ago, and uh, I was wearing very nice socks that day that I had been gifted. Yeah. And he was like, Scott, you're known as a stylish guy. And I'm like, that is not true. You just looked at my socks, and you're starting conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I look like a stepfather who is also a camp counselor at a summer camp in 1983. That is my aesthetic. Uh, and I, <laughs> um, so I we were we were shopping there, right? Yes. And um, and there was a Raymond Carver book, sure. There, um, and I think it was. I'm trying to remember which one it was. Oh man, I just have to look this up. That's okay. Raymond Carver's got great oh, stuff. Oh, of course. It's what we talk about when we talk about love. Yes. And I love that book. Yeah. Um, but I didn't prep him for it. <laughs> so I said, so I'm like, you buy this. You should buy this book. If you've never read Raymond Carver, buy this mm-hmm. book. It's a, it's, a, it's a series of short stories for those of you who don't know. They're really great. You should get them. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, about uh, alcoholics, about... Um, it's it it's kind of they're sad ish. It's but modern Chekhov. Really good. Yeah, like so well written mm-hmm. and so it like just pushes you. And um and so I gave it I gave it to him and he was I think in a little bit of a, of a depressed. Place. Yeah, that's a dark one to go. Yeah, that I and I didn't really think I was just like I really enjoyed this book. I think it's a great book. And then he calls he calls me up like just a couple of days later, which full respect. Like he went home and he read. Yeah. The book, smart man, and uh, he's just like, "What the fuck is wrong with you, man?" And I was like, "What?" I was like, "You didn't like the Ray McCarver?" He's like, "It's very good." 
It's very good. Also, I want to blow my brains out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a lot of that. All those great short story writers, the John Cheevers, the Dorothy Parkers, all the Flannery O'Connors, all the American great short story writers are just dark. Real, You got to be in a real happy place. That is not a it's been snowing for two weeks type of read. No, it is not. Um, so give it up for small, small bookshops, independent bookstores, the people that work there, Bananimals. If you own a bookshop or if you work in one, let us know in the DMs, the Bananas Podcast. We're going to shout you guys out. We just love a good book. Not enough people reading this day. And I'm going to shout out that that bookstore I was talking about. That's Atlas Books East. Yeah, that rocks. Glendale Boulevard. Nothing better than a bookshop. Oh, hell yeah. So this is a bonus-ode, folks. Mm-hmm. We give advice on bonus-odes. Silly bad advice, silly bananas advice. So, you know, if you don't like this advice, that means you're not having fun. You heard it from Scotty. Yeah. You heard it from Scotty. And I'm very positive. And I got to say, if you think this is bad advice, look in the mirror. You might not be having enough fun in your sad life. <laughs> and if you take this advice, I'm worried for you. Good luck. I'm Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> good luck, pal. Here's our first. Uh, here's our first. Uh, I'm excited. Question. Hey, Banana Boys. Day 986 Banana here. Ooh. And, uh. I'm in the military, and Scotty, you mentioned recently how awkward it can be to be thanked for your service. Yes. true. Uh, One thing that I usually do is um, I, in turn, thank people for my paycheck. And (laughs) that uh, usually gets a moment of confusion followed by either uh, people walking away still confused or getting a good laugh. Anyway... um, I also have some advice to ask. Every day when I come on base, I have to show my ID Mm. to security forces. um, And those guys, gals, and nine binary pals have possibly the most boring and yet important and dangerous job in the military. So I'd love to bring a little absurdity into their lives. um, But every time that I drive up to the gate, I find myself coming up blank. Mm. And uh, so I just am interested in your thoughts on what would uh, brighten someone's day who's uh, protecting the military installation that I work at or any number of other installations I may travel to. Thanks. All right. This is a great question. Thank you. I got an idea right off the bat. Good for you. Let's hear it. Inspired by you. Okay, good. All right. So first off, you Mm -hmm. get your military ID. You make a very, very accurate fake. Oh, good. With a skeleton's face on it. Great. Yes. Call him General Bones Brigade. Yeah. And then get a skeleton, put it in the back seat, strap him in, and then just put his ID on him. Love that. And yeah, so it comes up, you roll down your window, give your ID, and then you hit the other window down, window comes down, he's got his ID on him, they can check it and check Great out. Great idea. General Bones Brigade. General Bones Brigade, and then raise him in the back so he is saluting, so when you roll down <laughs> the, the window, it's a skeleton facing and saluting, one transferring one prisoner. Yeah, it's just that easy. I mean... I, I got to give my my great friend Jacob Jones, Skip Jones, credit for this advice. And I did talk about this in 2020, but we have a lot of new bananas, so I'll just say it again. 
again, my buddy Skip did this in real life, and we encourage you to do this. He took his ID, and he cut out a little piece of brown paper bag and cut it and glued it with eye holes around his ID and then showed up to a bar with a bag, paper bag over his head. So his paper bag over his head matched the paper bag over the head of his fake ID and they let him in. So this is the cheapest, easiest solution. Go to a grocery wow. store, get a grocery brown bag, cut out eye holes and then make a small one over your ID with the same exact eye holes cut out. And when you show up, just hand them the ID with the brown paper bag over your face and over your head and see what happens it's such it is i think about it all the time it's one of the great fake outs of all time give me that guy's name again jacob jones skip my good buddy skip who's a college friend of mine and he did that i think in like cape cod before he was 21 and the bouncer was like come on in skip that's amazing it's amazing skip it's a great idea and it's so it's it's low cost it's high delivery Uh and if they see you every day they're probably also thinking i wish i could make these people's lives slightly better sure it's military yeah they're serious people yeah exactly but they're going to be happy, and then oh, the next yeah. day, bring them a paper bag with eye holes cut out and say, I brought you one, too. And then you're done. Two days, and then they'll be like, that dude is the funniest guy on the base. <laughs> Man, I love that idea. Well, there you go. There you go. Let's get another one going here, Scotty. Sounds good to me. My buddy's mom used to own ice cream trucks and solely to go to uh, military bases and sell ice cream. And they had three military, three ice cream trucks and three military bases, and that was their family business. Wow! It would they were because there's so many families and stuff. A lot yeah, of station, yeah. a lot of these places, and they would just go every day for the same few hours. And I'm like, boy, that is niche and so smart, and also really fun. People yeah. really look forward to that ice cream. Here's another one. Hey, Kurt and Scotty. I hope you guys are doing well. We I are. need some quick advice. Okay. Back in July, my dog was diagnosed with stage 5 lymphoma. Aww. And while he's currently in remission, and the vet said that he is doing better than she could have ever expected or hoped for, I was told that I probably only have about 10 to 12 more months with him. So, after the appropriate amount of time grieving, I decided that if that's all I have left with him, I want to make sure he has the best time possible. So, I've planned a couple of trips for us to take. In October, I'm taking him to the Outer Banks. In January, we're going to the Smoky Mountains so we can go on super cool hikes and he can play in the snow. And in the spring, we are going to attempt to do an East Coast road trip that will either end in Maine or Nova Scotia. My question is, other than the standard game of fetch, giving him a new toy, a new blanket, and giving him pup cups and chicken nuggets, what are some things that I can do to make sure that he and I have the most memorable, (laughs) fun time possible? Thank you guys so much, and please ignore his squeak toy in the background. We will not (laughs) ignore that squeak toy. That was my favorite part. That was incredible. Uh, first off, I want to give it up to this, uh, to this caller one for having an impeccably well-formulated statement and question Really for good. Us. And clear voice. Good speak. Good voice. radio voice. Great radio voice. Getting it in right at 59 seconds because it cuts off at 60. Incredible. And also again, your and, and condolences. I'm so sorry that you're in this situation, but I think you're handling it like beautifully, a, like amazing. Yeah. And also what a great way. What a great. Tight, what a great set of trips. Yes. Like to travel f- for a dog's happiness mm-hmm. is so 
It just arrives so because like all I do is travel for children's happiness. That's right. That's and right. It's never guaranteed. That dog is gonna fucking lose his mind. It's yeah. gonna be amazing. The number one thing that dog wants to do is spend as much time with you as possible. Yeah. Right. That I mean, the dog. Yeah. They. That dog just wants to be as close to you at all times. So the more fun you are having, the more fun the dog will have. I would say, and I don't know, it sounds like maybe this dog has a particular uh, diet that it has to stick to, but if it doesn't, I think you go T-Bone Tuesdays. Uh-huh. I think every yep. Tuesday, you cook that dog a T-Bone, you put it on a plate with a nice setting, put a put a uh, tablecloth on the ground. Yep. Put, a, put some flatware out there. We know the dog doesn't need it. I mean, maybe in a miraculous move, it does pick up the knife. But my tip would be give it T-Bone Tuesdays. We're out of the blue. You surprise this wonderful dog with a perfectly cooked T-Bone steak. I mean, it's, it's 10 or 12 of them for the next year. That sounds like a nice thing for dogs. Oh, I love that idea. Here's my suggestion. Uh, supermarket sweep. But Ooh. for the dog. Oh, God, that's good. So you rent out a local <laughs> pet shop. And then that dog gets to go hog wild inside for like 25 minutes. I like that. And anything he grabs and rips off the shelf, it, it's you buy it. Yeah. Yeah. But I it's like, like that he idea. He just really goes for He gets to choose whatever he or she. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. Um, will get to choose whatever toy he wants. Yes. That sounds fun. Maybe that even is something with friends and family. You could do a little GoFundMe because, yeah, even yeah, twenty minutes. A dog gets twenty minutes to do whatever it wants, whatever toy it grabs and selects. You buy that yeah. toy. Yeah, when we were a kid, that was such a thing because, like, now everything's online. But Toys R Us used to do like, hey, you won the sweepstakes. Yeah. You can grab anything you want. I can't remember what it was, two minutes, 30 seconds, but kids would just run screaming down the aisles with shopping carts, and they would always go to Nintendo or Sega or whatever it was at the time. But that uh, that is like a really core memory for me is like if you're the Toys R Us kid of the year or KB Toys, whatever, you can just haul ass for, I can't remember what the longest one. It was probably 90 seconds yeah, and grab whatever you want. So yeah, dog, pet shop, or Petco or whatever, supermarket suite. That is so fun. And if you need some people to chip in, send us the link. We'll put it in the stories because that oh, sounds yeah. like a great day for that dog. And uh, last idea is just a backpack. Just have them in a backpack wherever you go. That's fun. I don't think the front, you know, you can, have, you can always baby Bjorn a dog. I don't think, I've never seen a happy baby Bjorn dog. But no. I think if it's a backpack where like they got their paws on your shoulders and their legs, like there's a little bit of support for them. And then it, then you can go wherever you want. Maybe and I, on T-Bone Tuesdays, maybe you do a thing where you, when you've reached the northernmost point, so Nova Scotia probably, give this, take it to the beach and give him a 21 hot dog salute where you just put 21 hot dogs stacked in a pyramid on a plate let the dog decide how many 21 of the 21 it eats. If it goes all 21, great. I could go for a 21 dog salute right now. All right, here it is. Here's another one. Hi, Banana Boys. Um, here is my dilemma. Mm. So me and my husband are trying for a baby. Um, so we've been thinking about names of this potential child. Um, my husband uh, has a name in mind if it's a boy and that would be Derek named after 
um, his favorite baseball player and, you know, one of his favorite athletes. Okay. So. Derek Darlene, we're familiar. Is, <laughs> is I think I hear that name and I picture a 18 to 23 year old young adult. Uh, and I can't imagine a baby named Derek, a small baby. Right. And looking at it and seeing, you know, instead of a cute little baby, I think I will be seeing a. Now it does cut off there. And it cuts off permanently. And okay. It does, and there's but no But we get other, what she's we get, going for. We get where you're going. Because, yes, it is. I've always thought the same thing. Like, people that look down at their baby went, this is a Mildred. <laughs> I've always wondered about, this is Harold. If I've ever seen a Harold, it's right here <laughs> in my arms. Well, I'm guessing it's New York Yankees legend Derek Jeter. Derek Darling. Derek Darling. Uh, Ron Darling's lesser known brother. <laughs> uh, interesting. I, I do relate. So what do you think the question is? A better name or how to tell her husband no way? Let's do both. Okay. Well, I wish we knew this banana was last name because that really dictates so really much does. of first name. That is the reason that my child is not named Charlie. Yeah. Charlie Brownoler. Yeah, you don't want Charlie Brown in your life. Hmm. Well, first, let's go to how to tell your husband. Yeah. Every, when you're driving in your car with your husband next time, Every time you pass any boy, go, oh, look, it's Derek. And just let him see what that name looks <laughs> like on other people's faces. Oh, look at that guy crossing the street. Hi, Derek. And then he'll go, you know what? I, I see what you're saying. Because he probably in his head has the image of a little Derek Jeter with a little adorable Yankees cap uh -huh. on. And I, I think you just got to place that name on other faces and get out of it. That's what I would do. Yeah. Almost like smoking a carton of cigarettes in a closet to quit smoking. Bombard him with Derek's around town. Yeah. Another way to do it, to eliminate the problem completely, is if he has a sibling mm -hmm. or living parents, mm -hmm. buy them a dog and name it Derek. Ooh, great. Boom. Great. Off the table. Off the table. You're not naming your kid the name of your niece's dog or like, you know, sister's dog. Yeah. And also, even though my sister did name her dog <laughs> after. Oh boy. The name of one of her, <laughs> one, one of my niece, nieces. So they are named the same thing. There is a dog and there is a person. That in the same, the same family. Thing, in the same family. Absolutely insane. And the dog was named after the child. So, also, but give your husband some props for not saying Jeter, because he could have tried to name this kid Jeter, and that yeah. is just chaos. Derek Jeter's middle name is Sanderson. <laughs> what if you can get your son's name is middle name Sanderson. is Sanderson? Oh yeah, then all of a sudden that that's that's taken care of. Then it's and yeah, and you know Sandy's a cool name by the way. You know yeah. you're a beach bum. Um, yeah, if I had to pick a random name for a child I'll never meet, hmm. Well, I'm looking at something right now. How about Ollie? Give him a classic Ollie. Ollie, there it is. I got an olive. You can have an Ollie. You look at that thing, you go, oh, this is baby Ollie up for his ninth feeding while I'm <laughs> listening to that world famous in heavy quotations, Bananas podcast. And you know what? I will say this to you as well. 
whatever the baby is named, you quickly associate it with a baby. Because it's your baby and it's named that name. Drive around town with the windows down and yell, hi, Derek, and wave at every man you see. Also, like I have a very fond memory. Uh, You know, my buddy Derek Brown. I love him to Beth. Love him to Beth. Love him to Beth. Love him to Beth. And uh, so I have a very positive association with Derek. Um, and Derek, to me, doesn't have the same association she has, like uh, that it's like an right. eight, 18 to 24-year-old male. Um, I can see a young, but I can see a young Derek. That's Also, you can just spell it differently as well. Mm-hmm. That's another way. What, what, what if it's D-postrophe-Rick? <laughs> <laughs> well, now we're cooking. Now it's D-Rick. Hey. <laughs> You all know D space Rick, so there's air in between it. De- so then it's Rick. Derek. They're with a Rick. space. So D, an empty space, and then Rick, and you go, it's Derek. And there's air in between <laughs> the two. There we go. We solved your problem. There it is. Hello, little Derek. D apostrophe Rick. Uh, or space. Here's another one. Hey, Banana Boys. I actually have a real piece of advice I'd like to ask of you Fine. as people in the entertainment industry. Oh, boy. Um, call it a midlife crisis. I'd like to think of it as a personal awakening, but I have decided that I want to do drag. And so for the last few months, I've been um, practicing, putting together costumes, concepts, ideas for things that I would then perform on stage. Um, I feel fine on a stage. My concern is that I feel like a total idiot when I'm practicing things or writing things. Um, to share with others and um, even worse if anyone's around while I'm trying to practice I feel totally awkward so my question for you is um, if you could share a little bit about your uh, rehearsal process I guess in the context of of Kurt or Scotty like as you're writing how much do you share things with other people for feedback and critique before you're ready to share it with the world that is a great question that is a great question. Because it is a mystery, and everybody has a slightly different approach. Everyone, yeah, that's the, the, the main answer is that everybody is different. Yeah. Well, you go first, because I, I do pitch, which is sort of my performance, but you are a true performer and actor in comics, so how do you rehearse? Um, for stand-up, I'll usually write it out fully. Mm-hmm. This is kind of more how I write stand-up, but I'll write it out fully, um, and then I'll take really kind of generous bullet points on the left-hand side of the page okay. in my book. So I'll type it out first. Mm-hmm. So it's all all my like specific jokes and ways of saying things are in there. And then anything that's like different from the way I would just naturally say it, because there oftentimes is, I'll do really big in-depth bullet points on the left-hand side. And then on the right-hand side, I will have a much smaller, but like one word per, per like, you know, bullet point. Um, and then, so that's for the first time I ever perform it. So then I'll just look it over and kind of do it in my head. Yeah. Um, and then I, at, and then the first time I perform it, when I'm looking, I'm actually just looking at, you know, you know, maybe five or six words in a sure. row, like reference back to the other stuff. And um, for stand up, I will, you know, sometimes say it in my head, and just walk around quietly and do yes. it. Um, for pitching, Lauren and I fully script our pitches because we pitch together. We're writing a team. And um, we write it out as a dialogue. So we have the whole pitch kind of like, like you know, Kurt, Kurt, Lauren, Kurt, Lauren, Kurt, Lauren. 
And then we just run it over and over and over again until we find a rhythm to it. We add, we, that's a great way to add jokes because you're running it so often that you just think of like, oh, this is a good spot for this. Um, And we just kind of like run it. And then, and then what's really good is like running it for somebody over Zoom. You know, like, hey, can I, like, if there's somebody you trust, um, who's in that world to be like, can I run this for you over zoom? Then it's like kind of low, it's a low commitment for them. And for you, it's not as much pressure as like being actually in the room. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are my tips. That's good. And one side thing also, congratulations. Absolutely spend, if this is your midlife or your awakening, spend the rest of your life doing drag. If it feels good when you get on stage, absolutely do this as much as you humanly can that is such a fun hobby to pick up like a great passion um so my well also another side thing is i just read this article and i find this really interesting for all performers all writers don't tell everyone what you're doing until you've actually done it there's this thing where people go, I'm writing a script and they tell everybody or I'm writing a book and they tell everybody in their lives. They tell their family, their friends, their partners, I'm writing a book and people go, oh, that's awesome. And they get a little pop of endorphins and serotonin and they're less likely to write the book or do the performance. hundred percent. So keep it close to the vest. You could tell your best friends. You can tell the one person that you think creatively or a friend that does drag already. It's okay to tell one person, but I would say keep this secret until you've done it and then tell people. See how it feels. Put that foot in and if the first one doesn't go great, who cares? You're only going to get better as you go. So that's just a little side thing I read that really resonated because I have so many friends tell me they're going to write their first movie, write their first book, and then they never do. And if they just kept it themselves and do the work, they probably would have finished it. So yes. there actually is a brain chemistry thing that happens with that. Now, for me... I do it a little different because my performance is I pitch movies and TV shows to executives, either in person or over Zoom. And the only thing I will say that I think I do a little bit different than most is I don't write it down, but I, I talk it out to myself. And the day of the pitch, so for you, the day of your drag performance, I literally stand alone in my living room and I run it once out loud and fix it on the fly. So if you're dancing in front of a mirror, if you're performing in front of a mirror, and you go, oh, that doesn't look right, just do the full routine with the music, and just do it to yourself the day of, and then relax for five minutes. Meditate, breathe, think to yourself, this is what I'm supposed to do, this is what I was born to do, and right before I go to perform or pitch, I literally say out loud to myself, this is what you do, and then I turn on the Zoom and start doing it. I give myself one little thing of this is who I am, this is my personality. I don't like hit my chest like Matthew McConaughey or something, but I do say aloud to myself, this is what you do, and then I sit down and do the damn thing. And so far, pretty good. Yeah, great. And also keep in mind too, when you're going out there, that it's like the most important part is, and I hate to do this, but it's actually enjoying yourself. Yeah, you got to enjoy it. Uh, and that can often, if you over-prepare, can often ruin that. Agreed. And uh, so make sure that you can still find joy in it. Um, and also remember that like, even if the very worst, worst possible thing happens... 
How many people are in that room? Who cares? How many people? At at best, I think maybe a hundred people are in that room. Yeah, most likely twenty five. No one's taping it. No, no one's putting it on the internet. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, it's a character you're playing, which is wonderful. There's some protection there, and also keep in mind there's probably three people, five people, just like yourself, going, "God, I wish I could do that." So just getting on stage, you've already won. Exactly. And right. if you ever do it in L.A., Curdy B and I'll come out, especially if you do uh, Hamburger Mary's Drag Bingo, which is the most fun you can have in West Hollywood. We've asked a lot of drag queens to be on Bananas. <laughs> and like four or five have been like, no, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> we're How like, about no? We'd love to have you. No, we're okay. <laughs> it is very true. This is Aaron, a.k.a. BB5. BB5. I'm calling because um, in the last few weeks, I've had to interact like in common social situations um, with two people that seemingly have out of nowhere decided to start using um, a cologne or body spray <laughs> situation. Like, um, I'm talking about cucumber, melon. Oh, boy. Bath and Body Works. Car, like, late 1990s. And they are huggers. And uh. I typically am a hugger. But um, these aren't, like, best friends. I, mean, I would say that they're strong acquaintances, right? And so they hug me. And I come home covered in... Cucumber, melon, sweet pea, whatever. Oof. And I swear, it's impossible to get out. It's in my hair. It's in my jackets. <laughs> it's in everything that I own. And I can't get the scent even out of my nose for days. And genuinely, I am such an extroverted social person that sometimes I don't know how to deal with the situation given mm-hmm. the fact that like they will see me out hugging other people, yet... I can't just say, hey, I'm, I'm okay with just a handshake, you know? Oh, like, man. I just need advice about, like, what's the best way to tell somebody that, um, or do I tell them, or do I suck it up, that they're wearing a very offensive perfume, spotty spray, probably a spray, probably water-based with chemicals. I don't know. I just feel like I don't want to smell like cucumber melon anymore. Thanks. Love you guys. Well, Aaron, okay. great, great question. question. Body odor. First body odor advice so far. Well, not That's body great. odor, I guess. Yeah, body An spray. odor on a body. I wonder here, my question is, Aaron, if you would feel different if it was if it was a, a, a more typically male scent. Mm-hmm. Because if it was, to, for me, like a cucumber body wash smell... I don't know, just because that's not of like if it was a like a heavy Dracar Noir thing, yeah. it would drive me crazy. But like the cucumber body wash, maybe because it's just not my uh, preferred gender association. Yes. I don't mind it as much. I my advice is advice that I have received, and it is you 
over compliment something else about their smell so that they think that what makes them smell good is not the spray. For example, <laughs> since it's a woman, I, I think you're, I think we're talking about a woman here. Um, I would either next time you have to hug them and you're going to have to suck it up. You're going to be smelling watermelons up your nose for two days. I, I would say, what kind of conditioner do you use? That smells so good. If it's better than what they smell like, compliment the conditioner. Or what kind of detergent? That's what somebody said to me when I was a young green banana in probably high school-ish. My high school girlfriends, they all liked all the stuff back then. Abercrombie Woods, Polo Sport, all that crap. I get to college. I start dating a woman. And she was like, what, what laundry detergent do you use? Or like, what dryer sheets do you use? And I was like, Tide or whatever it was at the time. She goes, that smells so good. You should smell like that. And I go, yeah. And she was basically being like, your cologne sucks ass. <laughs> but I like the smell of clean linens and it worked because then I was like, oh, she likes the way I smell when I just have clean clothes on. Uh-huh. So my advice is over compliment something in a surprising way. And then if she goes, well, I'm wearing like something by spray, I go, no, it's not that. It's something else. Like what shampoo do you use? Just give her a compliment of a scent that you can stand, even if it's not there. Yeah. And let her connect the dots. I also would say that what what obviously that this problem is, if you are smelling like it, the problem here is that this person is applying way too much of this shit. And so I'm going the opposite way of Scotty. <laughs> and I'm saying when you walk in the room that they are in. Yes, sir. When they are far away from you so, so that they couldn't think, you just, you just start going, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, did so. Is someone burning a, a cucumber melon candle in this room? Yes. Like, oh, it's so strong it burns my nose. Ooh, I like that. And you're far away from them. And then they realize, like, hey, if I'm if they can smell me from across a room, I'm obviously wearing whatever too much of what I'm wearing. Yeah. You know, it's like that's the, like those guys. Who like whenever you like, I would always be like, you get in a car mm-hmm. and the car smells so much like their cologne. Oh boy, that it's just like, hey, bud, no one ever told you it should be a whisper. Well, I it like that advice. Nice, like you should only smell someone if you're up close with that person. Yes. When people wear stuff that's like so noxious, I hate that. I hate over. Uh, oversprayed, over-scented person. Well, maybe then we go a little further, and yep. if that doesn't work, you just give them a nickname. Do you call them Body Works, or do you call them yeah. Melon Patch? <laughs> I would say, what's up, Melon Patch? And they go, what? You go, you always smell like watermelon. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You say Melon Patch, and you always <laughs> smell like watermelon. <laughs> That's a great idea, because then it's like, it seems like, oh, you're just having a fun name for them, and then they're like, Oh, I maybe smelled too much. Like yeah, that. you don't go, what's up, fruity diapers? Yeah, you just yeah. go, what's up, melon patch? Or you and just say like, uh, what's up, cukey cuke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cukey cuke, yeah, sure. Oh, here it is. It's cute. Uh, cukey mel, cukey, cukey something. What's like up, something? sweet pickle? <laughs> okay, well, so there was real advice in there. There was medium real advice in there, and there was bananas advice in there. Just say, what's up, melon patch, in a cutesy way, and be like, oh, you always smell like, I don't, what is that, cucumber or melon? And let them do the math, run those stinky numbers on their own. That's and funny. Then also, again, walk in the room where they are, and then just start going, uh, uh, 
<laughs> is some uh, did a cucumber shit the bed in here? <laughs> a falling watermelon killed my dog. How dare you? Okay, here we go. Hi, Banana Boys. I am looking for some advice. Uh, my name is Amy. I am in my mid-30s and Young. recently single, so I'm hoping for some dating advice. Uh, since I was last in the dating scene, I have realized that I am bi and Great. was also diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So, got some extra stuff going on, so I want some advice on how to put myself <laughs> back out there. Um, and, you know, dating with a chronic illness, mostly well-managed, but sometimes I get incredibly tired. Uh, looking for someone who will uh, be empathetic about that, and also trying to figure out who I am, who I want to date. So, yeah, any advice you have on joining back in the dating scene and putting myself out there? Thanks. All right. First of all, Amy, you have an adorable voice. Yeah, great You voice. have a sweet, adorable voice that you should use to your advantage. Because just hearing you talk, I'm like, well, I love this person. This is a <laughs> sweet, sweet person. My pitch, Maddie, to see... Oh, is it Maddie? What is it? I'm sorry. Oh, I thought sorry. it was Amy. It's Amy. Okay, her, Amy. Her thing is knitting with Maddie. Oh, gotcha. Um, sorry, I so thought maybe I Maddie it. is an animal that she has. Also, she says, uh, I think I forgot to mention, but my relationship that just ended was almost eight years. So, brand new world of dating you're Got walking it. into. Now, I would pitch, mm-hmm. and I pitch this with the utmost respect and delicacy, mm-hmm. and I hope you receive it in, the, in that manner. Mm-hmm. I'm pitching Willy Wonka-style intro. Okay. Okay? Uh-huh. Do you remember what I'm talking about? No. The first time we see Willy Wonka in the 1970s version of Willy Wonka, yes. he comes out, and he is with a cane, and he's walking like he's a 1,000 years Ooh, old. Oh, yes. And then does a tumble, and everyone's like, oh, no. And then he does a tumble and pops yes. right up, and everyone's like, it's Willy fucking Wonka! <laughs> yeah, I get a huge misdirect. I yeah, like, like that. like a huge misdirect because so obviously you would let them know that you have multiple sclerosis um, and I don't know how far it is advanced or um, however I would say push it all the way in like the worst direction so that it seems almost like you can't even move and then you know, go back to actually. Yeah, sleep what you time. She are. mentioned that, like, you know, tires easily. I would say fall asleep as soon as the person starts talking, give a little fake sleep, and go, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're going to have a great <laughs> night. That's what I'm saying. Just like push it so the person, and then you get to see how the person reacts. In that yeah, moment. I love, I think that's really funny. If you pretend to be so exhausted, you walk and you sit down, you introduce yourself, and then you instantly fake fall asleep and then wake up and go, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'll have a martini. They're going to be like, she's fun. She's gets it. She's exactly. self-aware. She's self-aware. She gets it. And also you get to see what their reaction is initially. Because yeah. if their reaction initially is, uh, oh, I go oh, no way, then you can end the date. Yeah. You if know? they're not delighted or laugh or, or like that over relief of like, oh my God, thank you. That was so funny. Like that person is a person. Uh, other advice, first dates don't count. Yeah. First date, everybody. Date, go on. If you're if you're newly bi, and I don't know if your last partner was a man or a woman uh, or non-bi- non-binary person, 
just go out with everybody. Yeah. Anybody that accepts a date, if it doesn't go well, you can always leave. But I think dating a little bit of everything with no weight on those first dates. First dates are they're job interviews. They're, they're goof. Nothing. They're goof offs. They're goof off sesh. Yeah. So I would say take all the heat off the first dates. It, to me, it was always second and third dates were always more stressful because that was like the agreement that we enjoyed each other's company enough to give it another third whirl. Third date, you thought? Third date, mm-hmm. yeah. By third date, that was like, okay, are we in or are we out? Right. Third date, that's when I would always, when I was like chronically single for, <laughs> for a short period of time. Yeah. That's when I was like third date. I would go to the third date and then if I was unsure, I would end it. Yeah. Whatever your insecurity is about uh, about MS, play into it a little bit, see what the reaction is. And then if they're bogus about it and they're just not cool, then you know you're that's not going to be somebody you're going to yeah. date. And you know. Grab a bev and get out the door. Buy that churro and say bye bye. But yeah, that's again adorable voice. My goodness, if it was pre-internet days when it was just like you'd call somebody and talk for three hours, I think you'd be fighting them off with tomahawks. Yep. Um, well, thank you guys so much for listening to this bonus ode advice. I think this was a. Number six of advice? I don't Five know. Five or six bonus odes, but anytime you want to leave us, any time of the month, we're doing these every month, so just send them in, and we'll write back, advice shall be given, and play on the air. And by sending it in, you're letting us play it on the air. Yep. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bananas. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas! Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.